The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to them, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Sunday, go to meeting. That triple hyphenated adjective was a technical term in the farming community when I was a boy. Sunday go to meeting, clothes. Sunday go to meeting clothes did not include my grass-stained, knee-torn jeans or our inevitably dirty sneakers or our barn boots or our baseball caps. Those all had their place, but not on the sacred of Sunday and not in the most responsible functions of the civic, the meetings. And we also knew that Sunday go to meeting clothes were wedding clothes. There were certain things for which you simply wore your best. There was a code with the clothes, and it had to do with honor. Honor is what the two halves of Jesus' parable have in common. The half about those who were unwilling to come to the wedding feast of the king's son, and the half about the guests who got rounded up for the celebration. The first half is an overt allegory. It's one of Jesus' 
last two parables. He tells it in Jerusalem just days before his own arrest and execution. And he is not pulling any punches with the leadership of his people as he tells it. Their God is a king. They have been pre-invited to the big event of his reign, here depicted as the royal wedding feast of the king's son. The first summons had come, that of the prophets, and they blew it off. But their king is persistent. More messengers are being sent. This is it. It's time. That corresponds to the mission of Jesus and his apostles. But they either can't be bothered or they get downright violent, killing the messengers, as they will do with Jesus within that very week. The results? Their city burns, as Jerusalem would in A.D. 70. There's no wedding celebration without guests. So the king can bear all the costs of this wedding, but there's no celebration without guests. And so he honors these invitees with invitation. A save-the-date card. Lavish preparations with royal fare on the menu. The table set just so right down to the last charger. And then, when the moment comes for that honor to be reciprocated, crickets. Until the silent snub gets followed with scorn, and then seething anger opening into violence. The king has no guests because these people have no king, at least not until his army reasserts his claim. So Jesus' message, first half of the parable, dishonoring your king by dishonoring the moment of his son will be the end of you. And if we were Jesus' script writers, we'd probably end it right there. Tight, tidy, punch of a conclusion, in the escalating tensions between him and his people's leadership. But Jesus seems to think that the same problem that kept people out of the wedding feast can also crop up within. And it's also a matter of honor going awry. God's sending of his messengers does not end when the religious leadership of Jesus' day reject and kill him and some of his first-generation apostles. He sends more. The orbit widens. The messengers have to go on the outbound roads. That's the literal Greek translation. They got to get way out to do this inviting. And he's not choosy with the invitations. As many as you find the king says. And so the servants go out and they round up a big bunch, good and bad. And the wedding goes ahead. 
and the king is king of a packed wedding feast. But similar to the first invitees who weren't willing to have a king, there's a man among the guests who isn't willing to have a wedding feast. This too is a matter of honor, and his unwillingness is indicated by what he wears. Now Jesus' words, they're rather adroit here. They can't be pressed into exact specificity. They're an invitation for everyone at his wedding feast to ask themselves. They're a nudge for you and for me to ask ourselves, is that me? Still, there are some things that we can observe. This guest is not like everybody else. Is he better? Not like these same old, same old chumps all looking alike? Is there something like pride and ambition here? Or does he perhaps think himself worse, as though there's been some mistake, such that he doesn't actually belong at a wedding feast at all because he's not fit for it, and the others might as well know what he already knows about himself? Is it something like shame and despair? Above the bad? Below the good? Or maybe oscillating between pride and shame, ambition and despair? Is that you? Even if you're silent, are you the one who could just scream? This guy flips off the whole assembly without saying a single word. And notice this as well. This guest can't face the king. The king comes to him, he addresses him as friend, and he has nothing to say in reply. Do you pray? Do you have words that return to a king who addresses you as friend? Or does pride or, or despair or maybe some mix of those just pair with brooding silence? You see, when you and I don't pay others the honor of worthiness for this feast, and when we refuse to pay ourselves and to honor ourselves as those whom God wants around, those with whom he wants to talk, when we refuse that sort of honor, then we are on our way out to a very lonely and dark place where bondage to sadness and anger consumes us. But Jesus, the one who's telling this parable, is telling it because he does not want that for you. He wants you at his wedding. In fact, he was willing to die in order to extend you the invitation. 
Make no mistake, he is the reason that you are here. And he wants you to meet his father. Whether with a smile or a tear or some mix of both, you have something to say to your king. And you needn't feel so blasted alone. Because you are actually like everybody here. We all got scooped up in a bundle of good and bad all together, not one of us actually worthy of this honor, and every one of us honored by being taken in. So, if you find that you're lacking something that you would have, wave down a servant. They wear uniforms. They're easy to spot. Because everything's been prepared for you. Need a napkin? A butter knife? How about some extra cream? Or how about a freshly pressed wedding garment? Everything. Everything met with, of course. We've got just that for you. And it's time for that because that's what's been prepared for you. It's time for that because the king hasn't made the final review of the guests yet. It's time for that because right now is the feast of our king's son. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.